0: Okay all right Alright, let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We ask and we say we receive illumination. We receive understanding. The knowledge of your word becomes effective in our heart. And we say our minds are stable on your grace. Our heart is fixed on your love. We can comprehend the mysteries of Christ clearly and we say there is no confusion in this atmosphere. And we say every one of us see Jesus as we see ourselves in you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Forgiveness of sin. What is forgiveness of This is a very crucial topic that we are studying, and I want you to take it um take it as culture. And We studied last last week from John three sixteen, John three sixteen. Like I told you before, don't get familiar. Don't just go and quote. I know in your head now you just to no, 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 don't do that. When we when the scripture is being called, even if you know it, it is a due diligence on you as a believer to open it again and see it again. And say for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I told you this is the character of God revealed at salvation or revealed to us that God gave us his life, and according to that life, a believer can stand, a believer can live. And I say, what is forgiveness of sins we studied. Mark 16, 15, we've studied the Mark narrative, we've studied the Matthew narrative, we've seen the four um, Gospels, we've seen, the, four gospel. we've seen the, um, the book of Acts that says forgiveness of sins is received and I've explained to you that forgiveness of sins is received when a man believes the Gospel. So, that is why, like I was telling you earlier, I said, God's truth needs to be handled carefully. Ensure that what you have, you now, you and I that are here now, you've received forgiveness of sin. Ensure that the same thing you will preach to the unbelievers should be the same message don't twat it don't change it don't let their faith stand on the wisdom of man don't give them success motivation don't give them money don't give them deliverance don't give them all of those things give them the trueness of the gospel that our god died for our sins how he, he was buried i rose again on the third day i mean jesus now and in our dwells in us that is Forgiveness of sins, and we've received it. But our big question is what is forgiveness of sins? And we've we've unraveled the word repent. And I explained to you that repent means a change of mind, a change of perception that is in regard with the person of Christ that is the end result of repent is that the audience might believe the gospel is preached to them and those who receive it will receive remission of sins. We've seen Acts 10, we've seen Acts 13, we've seen Acts 26 and I said this forgiveness of sin. Um in the gospel was also prophesied in the old testament. I showed you Micah 7, Micah 7:18 7, to 19, where it says, um, the forgiveness of sins cast their sins into the depths of the sea. And I explained that forgiveness of sin means to take away to set free. And we saw Jeremiah, we saw the writer of Hebrew, and we explained the word remember that is how we not consider, remember that word, I we not consider nor talk about it it will not come in our discussion anymore this forgiveness of sin is the basis of non-remembrance of sin i was seeing hebrew, hebrew so let's continue from there and i showed you um all of those things last week let's continue from there let's see um let's see david let's see how david explained forgiveness of sins david in the old testament will prophesy about what god will do in christ jesus he prophesied, he told us what God would do in Christ Jesus. He presented a God to us that will not hold sins against man. See Psalm 32 verse 1 to 2. Psalm 32 Psalm thirty-two, verse 1 to 2. Psalm 32 verse 1 to 2. Psalm 32 verse 1 to 2. It says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputed nor iniquity in whose spirit there is no guile. So that's Psalm thirty two verse one to two. So Paul in Romans four Blessed is the man unto whom sorry, I, I need to read it again. Blessed is the man verse two now, in whom the Lord were not in, the Lord imputed not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guide, imagine. Look at how David presented God's truth to us. He presented the trueness of what God said. And see, in Paul, and I explained this is writing in Romans four. Paul explained it for him. That's why I told you the epistles explain the scriptures for us. See, when you want to study the scriptures well. The epistles will give you the shining light about it. Let's see what the epistle says as regards Psalm 32. Look at Romans 4, verse 6, Romans 4, verse 6. So Paul, in Romans 4, interpreted what the Psalms of David and he referred to the blessings of Abraham. In fact, he made sure that he told us that God will not impute sins to a man who has believed the gospel of Christ. That is, upon the resurrection, when we receive the gospel, God will no longer impute sins anymore to us. Like I told you last week, it will not come between our discussion anymore with God. Look at Romans 4 6. Romans 4, verse 6. Even as David said, how, Where did David say it? Look at Romans 4, verse 6. He said, Even as David also described the blessedness. Described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. Where the Paul picked this word from Psalm 32. So can you see that even the scriptures they did not twat it? Paul did not add to the scriptures, he only explained and shined light onto what the scriptures were saying to us, and every one of you knows. 2 Timothy 3:15. The scriptures means the writings, the Old Testament writings. So that is, you cannot build a basis outside the scriptures. Don't build a foundation outside the scriptures. Don't build a ministry outside the scriptures. Don't build a gospel outside the scriptures. The scriptures Will always be your shiny tool. The scriptures will always be the final authority for you as the believer. So, what David told him says, even as David also described the blessedness of a man, Romans 4 verse 6, Romans 4 verse 6, described the blessedness of a man unto whom God imputed righteousness without work, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven whose sins are covered, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin." Ah, So look at what it now says in verse 24 of that same chapter, verse 24, verse 24, Romans 4, verse 24 to 25, Romans 4, verse 24 to 25, it says, But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses, who was raised again for our justification. <laughs> so that is, when we believe the gospel, sins are no longer charged into our account anymore. You can't cease to call, you, you can't call yourself a sinner again upon salvation. When you believe the gospel, there is no iota of sin on your account anymore. It's just like saying you have a bank record and your account record, the debt was paid and you had a debt there. The debt was was paid up by the blood of Jesus and you were redeemed by that that debt. So, you can no longer be owing the bank anymore. So, David in other Psalms wrote further again about the forgiveness of sins. Let's see Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Like I told you, I want to show you how you you can also. So if you want to stay in the Old Testament now and preach the gospel, can you see how you can do it? Psalm one o two. You just stay there and just say, look at Psalm one o three now. Psalm one o three verse one. Psalm one o three verse one to three. Psalm one o three verse one to three. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not thy benefits. Verse three who forgiveth all thy iniquities? Who healeth all diseases? Wow! David told us that God forgives all our iniquities. He said all, not some, all our iniquities. He says he forgives all our iniquities. That shows God's character in his fullness. Don't forget where we started from. God is the all-giving God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The full character of God in display. In verse 3 here of Psalm 103, verse 3, it says, Who forgiveth all thy iniquities? Who inlet all thy diseases? Look at verse 8, verse 8 of that. Psalm 103, Psalm, verse 8 to 12, verse 8 to 12, Psalm 103, verse 8 to 12, Psalm 103, verse 8 to 12. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. Wow, what a God we have. What a Father. So, you can't tell somebody. That because even right from the old cover. So if you, that's why I told you, you know, yesterday I was telling some of you, I said, don't throw, don't say, don't go and join the bagwagon of people that are running these days and saying, the Old Testament. Oh, it is the Old Testament. Oh, it is the Old Testament. If we keep saying that thing sooner or not, some people will take it to the next level and tear the Old Testament off. If we cannot present the truth of the Old Testament well. So people will just tear Genesis to Malacca. You just discover it doesn't exist anymore. They'll just tear it up and without be saying epistles. No, let's be intelligent. Don't be a lazy interpretator interpretation of the scriptures. Don't be lazy in your approach to Bible study. Be resolute. Be deliberate. Study it well. There is no harm in studying thoroughly and finding out what it is saying. Don't do that. So, don't, don't let's do that. Because, look at the graciousness of God revealed in the Old Testament. Here now. It says, the Lord is merciful, gracious, slow to anger. You cannot tell me God is angry. The Bible says, He's slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. How do you... I met someone, I need to say this, I met somebody last week telling me, please pray for me for mercy. And I'm like, Shatha, what this what? How would I pray? What, what scriptures will I use? If the Lord is gracious in His mercy, we've received His mercy because we don't pray for, for the all giving, merciful God. Look at verse 9. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. Verse 10 He had not dealt with us after our sin. Nor rewarded those does alter our iniquities. Have you met some believers I say, The reason why these things are happening to me is because i seen that I did so, so, so and so things in my past. Some word of knowledge too, we come to you and say, Yes, some years ago, you did so, so, so and so things and that's the reason why this is standing against you. Even now that you're a believer. Wow. Wow. Really They'll tell you, some years ago, you committed an abortion. That is why you cannot give birth now. And now you are born again. No, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. That's not true. Look at the scripture again. It says, he has not dealt with us after our sins. Ah, he has not rewarded us according to our iniquity. God is not a God of karma. God is not of paying back. I will pay you back. Say you say you did me evil. I will do my own back. I will do my own quadruple. No. <laughs> That's not our father. No. For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. I believe if we can understand that scripture in its fullness. We understand much of the all giving character of God. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And now says in verse 11, For as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is His message towards them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far He has removed our transgressions from us. This is David. David. Not Paul, David, not Peter. David, I want you to think of all the bad things David did. <laughs> think, think, think of all those bad things David did. Remember Bathsheba. Remember how he killed that guy. Just remember everything. I took bread showroom. <laughs> he says, and he was telling you, the Lord has not dealt with us after our sins. So, quit that sin trap. Quit that guilt trap in your heart and say, Oh, maybe because I did this last year. That's wrong. Quit that. That's not your reality. The very moment you receive Christ, it has, it has nothing again on your account. Even when you receive Christ and you did it wrong, sin does not hinder you on your account. So, some stupid people now, we hear this message now and say, Ha, ah, thank you. You are giving us the license to go and sin. where well, is your problem. I, I don't even have answers to those questions. I don't have time for all those people anymore. <laughs> I don't really have time. Anyway, David prophesied exactly what forgiveness of sin is. God is not taking account of sin. Rather offered forgiveness. You see in Psalm 103, verse 3, if the Lord should mark iniquity. um, I think I'm missing something here. Psalm 130, not Psalm 103 now. Psalm 130. Look at Psalm 130, verse 3. Psalm 130, verse 3. Psalm 130, verse 3. Psalm 130, verse 3 to 4. Psalm 130, verse 3 to 4. It says, if the Lord should mark iniquity, ha, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. Look at David. Wow. Preach. See, I want to give you an assignment. When you are preaching the gospel to an unbeliever, preach it with passion. I mean to an unbeliever, not to a believer now. Preach it with passion. Preach it with gusto. Preach it with assurance that, ah, brother, sister, listen. See, what God did for us it is, he said. If the law should so, if the law wants to start marking from your one year old, are you were biting your mother? All those wickedness you were doing. If the law wants to mark it, you won't be alive today. No, you won't. Tell me, you won't. Think about it. You really won't. Why do you think Boko Harams, all of those people, are still alive? If the Lord is actually that angry? He is, not as ang- he is not angry. They are still alive because he believes the will of God is that all men will be saved and not be perished. So he's not a God waiting for somebody to just die like that. Quit that thinking. Quit it. Stable your heart on his grace. Fix your minds on his love. That's why I pray that prayer every time that our hearts are stable on his grace. Our minds are fixed on His love. Fix your mind that way. Fix it to it that way. It says, It is the Lord who is counting iniquities. O Lord, who shall stand? So, it is important to note and to see that in the tandem, it is important to see this, that in the tandem with the blessedness of the man for whom God will impute sins, this was the prophecy of what God will do in Christ. And he now told us. Look at what he now told us. Look at how Paul now explained it well in first, Second Corinthians 5.18. 2 Corinthians 5.18. Second Corinthians 5.18. 2 Corinthians 5.18. 5, 5, now look at how Paul told, told us. It says, On all things are of God, who had reconciled us to himself, Second Corinthians 5 18. All things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 To wit that God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing that trespasses upon them, and he had committed unto us the word of reconciliation wow so note that phrase note something very key not imputing our trespasses unto them that is it means he is not charging them for their sins you are not paying for your sins your tears does not pay for your sins your father father forgive me forgive me please have mercy on me and forgive me does not pay for your sins It was God, through Christ Jesus, who initiated our reconciliation. Your tears didn't send Jesus to hell. Your tears, your crying didn't chase him on the cross. Put him on the cross. Our sins put him there. And that sins, it paid for it all. Did so. You and I, as believers today, we are free. And anyone that listens and believes the gospel, that one is internally free from sin. Sin does not have effect. It does not have a record on you. It does not have an hold on you. That songwriter say, "Sin has no hold on me." the sin sin has no hold on you so when you are praying and you don't even receive answers don't quit don't say maybe because i sinned no no look at first peter 38 first peter 38 not imputing their trespasses of sins unto them it means not charging them for sins. Not charging them. It was not put in their account. Look at First Peter 3. First Peter 3.18. Sorry, First Peter 3.18. First Peter 318. First Peter 318. 1 Peter 318. 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, it says, For Christ also has suffered, has once suffered for our sins. The just for the unjust, that it might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, are quickened, but quickened by the Spirit. So we are quickened. That word wants, now let's do it for that explanation to this. That into that first Peter 18 says, For Christ has once suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by His Spirit. That word once, in the Greek, was translated from the word apas, h a p a s p a s apas, H-A-P-A-S. It means H A P A X X X. It was used 11 times in the Greek test. It literally means not again. Not again. That's the word once in this First Peter 3 18. That is, for Christ has at once. It was used in the Greek time, in the Greek writings, um, 11 times. And the Greek word is apas. H A. It literally just means not again, not anymore. That's what that once means. That is Uh not again, not anymore. It refers to something that has happened once, not to happen again. So when we say Christ has paid for our sins once, it means it is not going to happen anymore. So when we say Christ is seated on, you know in Hebrews, Hebrews use that word a lot. Once and for all, once and for all, that is, it is not going to happen anymore. So, that is what Christ has done upon salvation, he did it once, not to happen again. So, that once he did it is like once and final. It is not, there's not going to be a repetition of it. Christ is not coming to die again, no, he's not coming to be buried again or raised again, no, he has done it once. That's the meaning of that once. So, that phrase in that First Peter 3.18 where it says, He had for once suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us. That word bring us was translated from the Greek word prosago. Prosago. P-R-O-S-A-G-O. Prosago. P-R-O-S-A-G-O. P-R-O-S-A-G-O. That's the meaning of, that's the word bring us. Bring us. It implies, it means to create an access to god by what jesus has done we now have access to god that's the meaning it means to create an access to god by what jesus has done we now have an access to god so that is that word prosago now it means that by what jesus has done we now have access to god by what jesus has done we now have access to god that's the word prosago prosago it implies to create And access to God, that's the word bring us. So if we now want to read it now, it will not be like it will not be say it will not be it will not be like for Christ has suffered once and for all suffered for sins, the just for just just that it might bring us or that might create an access to God, that it might bring an access to God, and being put to death in the flesh but quickening our spirit so let's put our let's now explain that word being put to death in the flesh being put to death in the flesh refers to his suffering what jesus suffered it is explained much in the same first peter now let's see how it was explained in first peter 4 verse 1 that word being put to death we want to see how it was explained in first peter Peter 1 That were being put to death now that's what we want to explain in first peter 4 verse 1 for Peter first Peter 4 verse 1 for peter 4 verse 1 it says for as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh and yourself likewise with the same mind for you have suffered in the flesh and ceased from sin so that word being put to death or being put to death in the flesh just means a suffering what Christ went through in the flesh what he went through is suffering for our sins so now and that word quickened by his spirit so the word quickened means to make alive so when he says he will quicken our mortal bodies it means he will make alive our mortal bodies the word the meaning of the word quickened means to make alive is everybody catching me to make alive so i'll come again now the word was is used in the greek word as H-A-P-A-X. It is used 11 times in the Greek lexicon text and it means something that has happened once not to happen again. That's the meaning of the word once. And don't forget we are just dissecting 1st Peter 3.18. Don't forget what we are dissecting now is 1st Peter 3.18. For Christ has once. I just explained that once now. It means apas. It It means something that has happened not to happen again. And it now says to bring that it might bring us to God. And I explained the word bring us is from the Greek word called prosago, prosago, pros or we can say prosago, that is P-R-O-S-A-G-O, P-R-O-S-A-G-O, P-R-O-S-A-G-O. P-R-O-S-A-G-O. Prosago. It implies to create an access to God. So when it says to bring so all those words of bring us closer to God, this is it means to create an access. That is, by what Jesus has done, we now have an access to God. So, via the resurrection, via what Christ has done, we can now access, we can now we 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 see Jesus face to face. Let's use that word. <laughs> so, the phrase "bring, being put to death in the flesh being put to death in the flesh refers to his suffering, and I explained that being put to death in First Peter four verse one. That is what he did in the flesh: is suffering. The word quickening, the word quickening, there means to make alive. The meaning of the word quickening. So when you read in Romans eight verses, and will quicken your mortal body. That is, it will make alive your mortal body. It means to make alive. So what Peter was explaining in this text was that. Christ suffered as a man for us. However, in his resurrection, he gave us a spiritual reality. So, what Peter was explaining in this text was that, see, oh, guys, Christ suffered for us. But upon his resurrection, he gave us a total different reality. So, upon the resurrection, every one of us received a spiritual reality. Our, we were quickened. There was a quickening that happened to us that is in life by the Spirit. The reason why every one of us have the indwelling of the Spirit in our hearts is because there was a change. There was a metamorphosis in our spirit the day we got born again. And that change was that we were translated from the kingdom of darkness, 1 13, into the kingdom of His dear Son. When we are changed like that, we now receive the spirit, what is that spirit? It will come alive. So that is why an unbeliever doesn't have a life because they have not received the quickening of the spirit. I know, yeah, I'll come again. What I was saying is this. An unbeliever does not have a life. So that's why you don't go to an unbeliever and say, um, Give your life to christ they don't have a life because they've not received the spirit that quickens and give them life don't forget we have the quickening of the spirit we have a quickening spirit in our heart you will see that in romans 8. let's go to romans 8. so i just explained that for you let's see romans 8. let's see romans 8. let's see romans 8. look at romans 8 verse 11. it says but the spirit of him that raised jesus from the dead he shall raise up Christ from our dead and it shall quicken your mortal bodies by a spirit that dwelleth in you. That is, that spirit already dwells in you. So that is, you already have a spirit that makes life already in you. Don't forget in Ephesians 2, let's go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. Just follow me closely. Just that's why we will we'll pray for our hearing. <laughs> Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. Look at verse 2. Ephesians 2, verse 2. Or verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1. It says, and you are quickening. And you are the quickened. We were dead in trespasses and sin. What's that word Quickening. Quickening means it made you alive. You that you were dead. Are you getting this now? Ephesians 2 means Ephesians 2 was saying, and you are the quickened. Quickening, don't forget, it implies to make alive. So Christ by his spirit make us alive unto him the very day we got born again upon the resurrection. So it says, you it says, and you are the quickening. Don't forget what does quickened means to make alive. So and you had made alive, you who were dead in trespasses and sin. So a believer, someone who is not born again, who hasn't received the life of Christ, is dead in trespasses and sin. He does not have a life. So, what gives him life? The spirit, the indwelling of the spirit that he receive upon salvation is the life of God. So, he makes him alive. So, the reason why, me and you, we are alive unto God. That is why you read in Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Let's see Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Go to Colossians 3. Follow me closely. Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Colossians. 3. Philippians Colossians, Colossians three. Let's see, Colossians three, verse, verse three. Colossians three, verse three. Colossians three, verse three. It says, "For ye are dead, and your life is in Christ." really? Mm-hmm. That is, our physical body is a, our physical body is our life. So don't forget. The meaning of those places: You are dead, and your life is in the Christ. How did you do that you died within in in upon upon His death, and you are you became alive in Him upon the resurrection? it says, and your life is in the Christ. Now, don't forget, don't forget, you have the quickening Spirit. You have received life upon salvation, and the Spirit. How did you receive life upon? Salvation, so that is why when we tell believer you have internal life, what is that internal life? The spirit of God that dwells in that believer is the internal life. The spirit of God cannot die, He has made you come alive. So there is a quickening by a life by the spirit. So that life we have by the spirit is the access we have with God. That life we have in the Spirit is the access we have with God. See, we can also assess this way, several ways. That even forgiveness deals with relationships. So that is, there can be a restoration of even relationships. Don't forget. God reconciled us to Himself. This, this teaching can be taught in several ways. It can also be taught to explain the believer's love work. Now, nice. let me let me let me show you what I'm saying. What is forgiveness of sins? Don't forget, we have not answered the questions. We are just about to get there. Christ died for our sins. We were once sinners. Christ died for our sins. He came to reconcile us. That's a relationship. Don't forget where we started from. John 30.16 For God so loved the Son, the only begotten Son, that whoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is, God came down, did the redemptive work to reconcile man back to himself. So, that is, when he reconcile man, he paid the debt that you and I could not pay. Paid it for himself and reconciled us to himself. So, we now have access to him. The access we didn't have because we were sinners. We now have it with God upon resurrection. So this can also work simultaneously too. I'm not teaching love work today. No, no, no. That's not my teaching, but I'm just explaining. I'm not teaching this that upon the resurrection, even our love work can be strengthened. That is, we can forgive people too and also have access to them. That is, there is no forgiveness without reconciliation. Anyway, that's not believers' love work is not my teaching today. We are still studying what is forgiveness of sins what is forgiveness so are you getting this let me give you a recap again just so that you don't miss me so that because now we want i want to now answer the question what is forgiveness that's where i want to answer now but before i get there let me give you a recap again so you don't lose me efficient we are studying first Peter 3:18 see as you are teaching the gospel you don't rush it ensure that the believer understands what you are explaining the, the gospel is not is not for competition <laughs> let me use that word all right look at efficient eh, first sorry first peter 318 don't forget us where we've been explaining first peter 318 for christ at once suffered for sins the just for the unjust that it might bring us to god being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the spirit and i explained that the word once is from the greek word called "apas." it means it's used 11 times and it is it means not again not anymore it refers to something that happened once not to happen again and i explain that the phrase bring us is from the greek word called prosago it implies to have access to god by what jesus has done we now have access to god we explain also the phrase to being put to death in the flesh refers to his suffering being put to death in the flesh refers to his suffering it explains this in the fourth. so and I explain that that place can be explained in the fourth chapter, first Peter 4 verse 1. First Peter 4 verse 1, you will see it is where it says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, harm yourself likewise with the same mind, for he has suffered in the flesh and he has ceased from sin. And look at what it says, so it now says, He had quickened by the Spirit. And I explain the word quickening means to make alive. And I was explaining to you that Peter's explanation of this text means Christ has suffered as a man for us. However, in his resurrection, he gave us a spiritual reality. There is a quickening. There is a life by the Spirit. So, upon the resurrection, you were, before you got born again, you were dead. You didn't have a life. But what did you receive when somebody preached the gospel to you? You receive a quickening. What's that quickening? You all, your spirit was made alive. It just it's just like boom. It just it, you just you were just alive back. You know that you were raised from the dead. That's actually is is symbolism of raising from the dead. That is when a believer dies, you were dead before, as a believer, Be, before you became a believer. Sorry, you were dead before. You were not raised again upon by the gospel. You are raised to life by the gospel upon salvation, by the spirit. That is why you must be careful with your message when you are going to an unbeliever. Know what you want to say. Teaching someone, getting somebody born again is not a tea party. It takes work. And do it carefully. So there is a quickening, a life by the Spirit, and that life by the Spirit is the access we have with God. So we are getting to our study gradually. All of these have just been background intro for the past three. Um, the things have just been background intro. So now let's answer the question: What is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? The word forgiveness is translated from the Greek word called aphesis. A-P-H-E-S-I. What is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? That's the big question in the room where we have been trying to go to since last week. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness was translated from the Greek word called aphesis. A-P-H-E-S-I-S. Aphesis. It implies freedom. It implies liberty. It implies or a release from something, aphesis. That's the word forgiveness. The word forgiveness is translated from the Greek word called aphesis. A-P-H-E-S-I. It implies freedom, it implies liberty, or a release from. Jesus used the word aphesis. Now, you know the word aphesis. Aphesis means forgiveness. That's the Greek word. So, they just use aphesis as deliverance. How did they use it? look at luke 4 verse 8 the famous scriptures of popular of popular deliverance people look for 18. 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 it says the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has set me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty to them that are bruised, look at verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, that word in verse 18, to preach deliverance, is the word aphesis. Jesus used that term, aphesis. So, the word aphesis means to set free. Hence, so what the King James version did was to use that word deliverance. Actually, it could have actually means to preach forgiveness. So when we say deliverance, at some times it means aphasis, forgiveness. So when we preach the gospel to people, and they and God has forgiven, them, what has happened. They are set free. They have liberty. They are released from bondage. They are released from something. So the word aphasis implies to set free. And King James, Version, King James Version used it as deliverance. So, Ephesus can also be translated as remission. Don't forget last week when we see in the four Gospels to preach remissions of sins. Luke 24, remissions of sins. Remissions of sins. Acts 2, remissions of sins. And the remissions of sins. The word remission further implies to set free. To take away to clear the account of it is also means aphesis that's the word remission it still also means aphesis so now forgiveness of sins and remission of sins refers to the same thing so anywhere in the four gospels or in the book of Acts where it says and they will take remissions of sins or that remissions of sins must be preached to them that it also means forgiveness of sins now, let me show you quick examples. Quick example. Go to Acts 2.38. Just, just one example. Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38. It's Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. What does that remission of sins mean there? It means forgiveness of sins. Is the word aphesis. 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 Forgiveness of sins. Don't forget, Forgiveness is translated from the Greek word called aphesis, A-P-H-E-S-I-S. It implies, what does it mean? Freedom, liberty, who you release from. And I explained, I said, Jesus used that same word, aphesis, to mean, the, to mean deliverance. And it is also used as deliverance. King James used it as deliverance in Luke 418. The word aphesis means to set free. Deliverance and don't forget, aphasis can also mean remissions of sins and or forgiveness of sins. So, as believers, we have received aphasis we have received our freedom, we have been free from something, we have been released from something we have been set free from something. We have further insight into this as we study more in coming days, aphasis. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness means freedom, liberty, a release from. Every believer in Christ today has been released from something. We've been set free from the bondage and shackles of sin. We're set free and set free from the bondage and shackles of the devil. And we are made internally free. Nothing can bound us again. We have received forgiveness. We have received, this is what we call our own deliverance. That is, the gospel is being preached to us. And we were set free from bondage. This deliverance. Let's just give God a praise this evening, wherever you are. Thank Him. Because we will look into this Furthermore, more. We'll study what is forgiveness of sins. We'll see how God gave us Himself. How He gave things to Himself. We'll see the things of our forgiveness of sins was used in the epistles. We'll see everything. Let's just bless the Lord wherever you are this evening. Just bless Him. Thank Him for forgiveness of sins. Thank Him for deliverance. Unmute yourself and just bless Him. Just thank Him for what He has done in Christ Jesus for you. Thank Him for, thank him for, for you being born again. Thank him for you being set free. Oh, bless Him. Bless Him. Bless Him. Bless Him. You love that man. He has set you free upon salvation. We've been free from sins. We've been free from the shackles of bondage of the devil. We've been set free. We've been set free. Oh, we bless you. we bless you. we give you the glory. In turn, because of this forgiveness of sin, we can now forgive people. Oh, 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 Oh,